Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I am here with my co-host, Evan Hoovler, and not Mike Valverde. He is taking a much-needed vacation. We have Walid Ismail back for, I believe, the fourth straight episode, Walid? Uh, third, I think. Third. Okay. So, if you count our bonus episodes, this is our 100th episode. So, any ums and ahs and errs, we have no excuse for at this point. We should be seasoned pros at this. And I will never stop banging into my microphone, unfortunately. So, what today's episode is, is we're calling it all about auction. Evan is our sort of our auction expert. We're going to turn it over to him to talk about auctions. Waleed and I will have some questions for him, go over things, and we'll go over the auction draft we did last year and see how it turned out. So, before we do that, Let's, uh, let's get some housekeeping done off the top. We have two new absurdists to thank for their commitment to us. These are our Patreon patrons, $3 a month. You get access to the other podcasts that we do in the bonus feed. Um, right now, it's every other week in the main, every other week in the bonus. And those two new absurdists are Colin and Kenneth. Thank you very much for joining the team. And uh, if you need anything, hey, reach out to us. We have a private channel in our Discord just for Patreon patrons. That Discord is tiny.cc slash absurdity. We'll take you straight to the Discord. If you want to join Colin and Kenneth as absurdists, you can go to footballabsurdity.com. There is a link in the top for the Patreon. It says support. Click that. It'll take you over there. Or you can go to patreon.com slash footballabsurdity. Beer sheets are back. We got our first run of beer sheets going this week. Beer for the beer god, as you know him. He got that ball rolling, and you can check those out. If you go to any page on Football Absurdity, up at the top, there'll be a link for beer sheets. And you just go in, fill out your league settings, and it'll spit out a beer sheet for you. Um, We do have two sponsors for this. Uh, We have 4 for 4 is actually sponsoring beer sheets. If you want to go ahead and sign up for 4 for 4 which is a premium uh, fantasy football resource, you can go ahead and sign up. Put in the promo code BEERSHEETS, lets them know that we sent you. You get 10% off. And uh, go ahead, email that code to footballabsurdity at gmail.com, that confirmation. And when our draft kit comes out, we'll go ahead and send you a free draft kit. Uh, you can also sign up for FanDuel, and it's fanduel.com slash footballabsurdity. Sports are coming back, fingers crossed. And if you want to get on the action, it's uh, fanduel.com slash footballabsurdity. Let's you know we sent you and gets you five bucks to get started with any deposit. So, boys. We got housekeeping out of the way. So I'm going to do the thing that I forgot to do because I was rude. I forgot to ask, uh, Waleed, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I said, thank I'm you. just doing good. I was going to say, thank you, thank, you for all, thank you for all the details. Evan, how's your day going? LSAT's tomorrow, so I'm going to get a little break from melting down students. There you go. So, um so, yeah, before we get into the auction stuff, we do have a few pieces of news to go over. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, first and foremost, the news that rocked the sports world. He got a half a billion contract, $503 million if he sees it all the way to the end. Um, of course, it is, like all NFL contracts, a whole lot of funny money. Basically, they can cut him in a year with barely any cap hit after 2024. And... Um, he becomes a free agent and it's one of those things where either they're going to pay him a bunch of money or he becomes a free agent every year. So it's essentially a series of, I mean, it's a series of uh, franchise tags really. Cause Patrick Mahomes doesn't get any say in this, but I mean, he's going to make a pretty penny. It's the biggest contract ever in American sports. And uh, Andy Reid said he wants to coach to the end of that, which will put him to be like 74, I think when the contract's done. Um, and it does go on to the end of his current contract. So it is, blocking Patrick Mahomes up till 2031. This is a career contract, basically. So, any fantasy implications for this? I mean, I don't I don't see a lot for redraft this year. Salary doesn't kick in for another couple years, and that's when they start to really have some trouble with the salary cap, I think. Yeah, it looks like they're real. It looks like they built this, con- this contract uh, with the knowledge that the salary cap is going to increase with the next... Uh... With the next uh, collective bargaining agreement and TV contract, so yeah, and we'll see. That's I, I think it's going to take a dip next year because of COVID, you know, because it's based off the prior year's, you know, uh, income. So I think it's going to take a dip based off of COVID, but then yeah, I think it's going to go back up um, the following year, uh, in in line with what it would have been prior. You know, if we looked at it after the 2019 season before COVID, I think it'll get back into line with that going into 20. Uh, well, that would be 2022. Um, then, so uh, do we Evan, know if there's any? Do we know if there's any guaranteed money for 2020? 
Guaranteed money. Well, he's still on his current contract through 2020. Oh, okay. 2021. This okay, one. Because I'm like, is he getting $100 million to isolate? No. This year he's getting, um, since they signed him to the contract, his dead cap would be $65 million if they chose to cut him for whatever reason. But um, his actual, he doesn't start getting the big money until 2022. And that's almost all in roster bonuses. That's how they built it so that they can um, basically cut him at any time. Which I don't see them cutting Patrick Mahomes anytime before 2029, 20, 2030. And that's if he gets hurt. You know, he'll be around there for the long haul, I think. He's yeah. pretty good. He's pretty good, that Patrick Mahomes. I, keep your eye on this Patrick Mahomes guy. I think yeah. he might do some things. He might do a thing or two in this league, like beat my 49ers in the Super Bowl. I think my favorite thing about the contract is I don't think he's allowed to do anything athletic ever now. No, he it's has like to. He can't play basketball. He can't play baseball. He can't do anything. He has to sit he has in a to bubble. Go home and be wrapped in cellophane. Yeah, he has to go. Yeah, go be go be Bubble Boy. He can play um, Trivial Pursuit with George Costanza, and that's all he can do. So, speaking of the 49ers, who uh, Patrick Mahomes took down in the Super Bowl, Raheem Mostert reportedly wanted to trade, and this set the fantasy football Twitter community on fire. But then it came out about an hour later that really this is just posturing that he wants to be paid in line with what the other 49ers running backs make. Mostert's making about $3 million this year, about $3 million next year. Uh, both Tevin Coleman and... Uh, Jarek McKinnon are both making about four and a half million dollars this year. So he just re- really what he wants is a raise up to that point. The 49ers have been hesitant to do it. And so his um, agent put that out into the media. So, um, I mean, let's let's assume Raheem Mostert ends up getting traded. Where do you guys think is the best destination for him for fantasy? And I have an answer. I I actually think the best destination for him is the 49ers. So that's a hard one for me. If it's not the 49ers, I think Tampa Bay, but they've been paired to every single running back free agent out there. The only downside is Mostert doesn't catch passes. People think that Mostert has this running back one upside for fantasy football. And if you're not catching passes in the current NFL, you're going to have to be Derrick Henry to have running back one upside for fantasy. And Raheem Mostert caught like 20 passes last year. Agreed. Yeah, people will try to fudge it and say, oh, well, you know, in the last five games down the stretch, he led them in targets. He had like three targets a game. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's uh, a very misleading stat considering how much they distribute uh, the ball. Exactly. That's the thing is he led the running backs and targets, but it's just like two for you, two for you, three for you. Sure. Okay. Three led the way, but three's not helpful. And um, Evan, um, what do you think about Raheem Mostert? Where's a good destination for him? If not San Francisco in 2020, I'd like him in Washington. I don't oh. think they have a clear number one there. And it's a bunch of, People they, who have serious downside. They don't have enough running backs in Washington with uh, with Geis, Peterson. Too broken, too old. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Let's see. I think I can name them all. Geis, Peterson, Love, Peyton Barber, and J.D. McKissick, and Antonio Gibson. Too young. Too busted. <laughs> too bad. So Raheem Mostert in Washington. Okay, so we got my answer is Tampa Bay. Will leads punting and saying San Francisco, unless he has another answer. And then Evan thinks uh, Washington will put him on top of a questionable running back room. Yep. So have him back up, quote unquote, Darius guys. There you Which go. Week one, second quarter. Yeah. As soon as Darius Geis gets 10 snaps in a row, he, he's going to break. So, uh, last bit of news. Uh, Deshaun Jackson definitely has cool and good opinions and didn't do things like, quote, Adolf Hitler this week. Jesus. That, I'm sorry. That <laughs> actually didn't turn out to be an Adolf Hitler quote, but it just said, Adolf Hitler said, quote, blah, 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 which somehow makes it worse. You can trick people into accidentally agreeing with monsters because monsters – gotten to power by saying the right things but this misquoted something and attributed it to hitler and deshaun jackson was like that's a great idea that's something that i'm gonna sign on for i think we can all agree that deshaun jackson is known for his great ideas yeah so yeah it looks like every other year he does something stupid oh what did he what stupid did he do in 2018 Uh, i don't know beyond the buccaneers i don't know but uh, the fancy football ramifications of this, it looks like they're not going to cut Deshaun Jackson over this, which is wild, considering that the Eagles owner is putting out a documentary about how 
Hitler's rhetoric is poisoning the United States. I think it's called uh, All About Hitler or Defining Hitler or something like that. And maybe this is viral marketing for it. I don't know. But Why didn't he just say he got hacked? Like it's, it, it would be the one time it's believable. Yeah, your owner is putting out an anti-Hitler documentary. You would never post something about Hitler. I believe you got hacked. But Evan, no. Evan, it's 2020. <laughs> Nobody gets hacked anymore. Nobody got hacked before. But I, I, that's, I, a, that's such a 2005 excuse. It's like, oh, I got my, my passwords were on the dark web. Plus, it was in it was in Instagram stories, which for somebody it, it wouldn't fly. It would be like it's like that video of Alden Smith when they he showed a video of himself smoking weed in the video, and he's like, "What? It doesn't say that I'm me. It doesn't say that I'm Alden Smith." It's like, okay, there's no getting hacked there. Just it's, say you dropped your password at the one yard line. There you go. Hey, well, I will I will say this. Uh, him not getting hacked, it feels like equality to me because Riley Cooper didn't get hacked when he was being a uh, racist. So. Yeah. Okay. So let's put down 17 minutes in where I have to edit out a Walid cuss word. I said. Yeah, you said it again. That's 17:15. I have to edit out a Walid cuss word. All right. That's not safe for work, buddy. We gotta I, we, we gotta conform I, to I, Apple's standards. I, it was. I, I didn't even realize that was an option for. I, I was censoring myself there. You Come really on. can't say that? All right, let's get back to fantasy football. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't realize. Let's get back to fantasy football. So Deshaun Jackson's not going to get cut, which means all the hoopla we had about Jalen Rager, um, the feel goods about it, uh, kind of takes a back seat. But let's say Deshaun Jackson does end up getting cut. Let's say he uh, he's like, you know who has some great ideas? This chairman now. Um, and so uh, he ends up on the cutting block. So is Jalen Rager with that opportunity top 36 wide receiver this year yes yes deshaun jackson's gonna get cut or benched alshon jeffrey same thing they're both broken and and not great and i yeah. just I, I can't see rager not rocketing up to the number one spot by week four if they're even still there yeah, and I don't know how we didn't, or I don't know if we did go over this or not, but Alshon Jeffrey, the news a couple weeks ago, he still doesn't have a timetable for return from his Liz Frank surgery, so that bumps Rieger up some more. So if there's no yeah. Jeffrey, no um, Djax, then who's there? Marquise Goodwin, Greg Ward, JJ Arthego Whiteside? <laughs> like, there's nobody there to take targets from Jalen Rieger if those two are gone. So. Maybe do a little arbitrage. If you're like Evan and you believe that both of those guys are going to be gone, if you're like me and you believe at least one of them will be gone, then go get Jalen Rieger. I think he's a buck in auctions right now, or he's like a 10th round pick, 11th round pick in most drafts. So he's very cheap and he has top 36 upside there. So speaking of going for a buck in auctions, let's get to the main event, boys. So this week, our episode's called All About Auction, but if you downloaded this episode or clicked on the link you saw that so evan spends a disgusting an inhuman a would you say unhealthy evan amount of time doing auction drafts i would say it's the healthiest thing i've ever done well that's i think that says more about you than the auction five hours a day that's what <laughs> that's how healthy i am evan it's like running a marathon but for your brain so um evan or what Evan does is he takes these results, he makes our auction values, and these are a little bit more realistic than um, what a lot of sites do, which is just do projections, convert them to dollar values, and spit them out. These are time-tested and proven values that Evan gets them. And then he bundled all of that stuff into what he calls the barbecue strategy, which was, I think, Evan, did the barbecue strategy come out of your effort to get 100% on the Yahoo uh Raider, or is it something that you developed over years that you finally put down into words? Yeah, it just developed over years. That 100 on Yahoo is just a, a mental exercise because uh, I figured out the uh, I figured out the algorithm and it's total points projected. So if you get three or four backup quarterbacks, you're going to be high 90s and such. So it's just stuff I've noticed from real life comparing real life auctions to uh, published auctions on other sites, noticing what's different. Okay, yeah, and um, so it's like that—that's like a Sudoku for you, but it takes five hours, so it's like a Sudoku for me. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, Evan, where do you want to start? Do you want to start talking about your auction values? You want to start with the um, barbecue strategy? Where do you want to start here today? This is this is kind of your episode. 
Let's roll into barbecue strategy because that illustrates just what's what's a little different about auctions versus snake drafts. In snake drafts, everyone is incre- every turn is incrementally uh, uh, the same amount smaller. You know, if you're in a 12-man team, pick one, then you subtract one twelfth of round one for pick two value, and then blah 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 for pick three. They're all it's all incremental value. But for auctions, the top 15 guys, everybody wants them, so they always mm-hmm. go for way over what their projected value is because you don't want to be ended up with the person that nobody else wants Yeah. because don't, they don't want them for a reason. And because of that, there's oftentimes real steals in the back two thirds of the auction, because I'm not going to bid you up for say Tyler Boyd. I could just get another Tyler Boyd. So you can usually get fill out your team with a lot fewer. So it's a lot like sacrificing some middle round picks. If you want to relate it to an, to a draft, sacrificing your your middle round picks and your late, late round picks to have more first and second and third round picks and seventh through ninth picks to round out your team. Yeah. I think everybody would trade like a fifth round or fourth round pick and a 10th round pick to get an extra second round pick, which is basically what you're saying, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's go through the barbecue strategy and let's see if, I'm going to put you on the spot here, kind of what players you're seeing in these different, these different categories uh, each year. Cause you said uh, the, the number one rule is to fall in love with five or five to eight of the top players and get two of them. I think for you this year, it seems like one of those guys is Kenyon Drake. Um, uh, but uh, where are you seeing yourself getting a lot of in this auction to fulfill the fall in love with five to eight top players and end up with two of them? I'm going through my most recent two dozen auctions here. Um, the obvious candidates Saquon and CMC, but mm-hmm. also I'm in love with Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs. I'll go toe to toe with somebody for that. Miles Sanders, Kenny Galladay. Those round out the the normal first top end of the first rounders in my love club. Okay, and um, so let's talk about the top end guys. Christian McCaffrey. Um, is there room to get Christian McCaffrey in the barbecue strategy? Is there room to overpay for for Christian McCaffrey in the barbecue strategy? I've not seen a team pay so much for Christian McCaffrey. They couldn't also round it out with a second top 15 guy and then fill out a team, a decent spot at every spot with a usual bench. And I've seen Christian McCaffrey go for as much as $78 out of a $200 budget. So yeah, you just gotta, your first two, your top two guys have to be less than 130 for this strategy to work. So if you go $80 for Christian McCaffrey, you still have $50 to get your second running back or your first wide receiver. And that's a ton. Yeah. So I'm looking at your values right now. Your $50 guys, you got Zeke, Dalvin Cook, Miles Sanders, Derek Henry is going for 49 bucks. Or if you want new Hopkins, Julio Jones, Kenny Galladay, um, those are kind of the guys going in that range before the step down in price. So, um, so yeah, those are those are that's rule one. So Willie, do you have any questions about that that five to eight on the barbecue strategy, the top five to eight guys? Oh uh, no, honestly, it makes sense to me. And it makes everybody happy. Everybody gets to walk away from the auction with two guys they really love. That's mm-hmm. the whole point of this, you know, of of just fantasy football is to have fun. Now winning is a lot of fun, so it's designed around that. But it's also designed around not looking at your guys afterwards and having, you know, just a well balanced team that has no 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 spice to it. Yeah. So I do a mock draft pretty much every day, but it's a snake draft because I'm like, snake drafts are great, guys. You figure it out, all this stuff, and then around six or seven, I'm like. Maybe Evan has a point about auctions because I'm going to take a guy here that I don't particularly love. But the point of an auction is you walk away with the team. Everybody walks away with the team that they love. That's the point of the auction because you won the guys that you had. Yeah, that's another good rule. With snake draft, you can you you're rewarded for knowing the, the strengths and advantages of every single player. With auction, you're rewarded for just falling in love with the unheralded upside of about 10% of the players and throwing 90% of the players to the curb. Yeah. And so Evan, is this for this strategy? Is this for a two quarter or two wide receiver league or a three wide receiver league generally? Uh, It works for both because wide receiver twos and threes, as long as you wait for them to start falling to 50% or less of recommended value, you have plenty of space when you're, if, if it's the difference between paying eight bucks for uh, somebody who slips, let's just say, just looping through here. Oh, I'm not in my values. Let's just say. Like, let's see, your eight buck guys are DK Metcalf. And, or, or are you talking more like guys Perfect. like 
if Calvin Ridley slips to eight bucks instead of 11. all those guys, there's like there's like 20 of them that will slip. So it's like there's between hey, I'm in a two wide receiver league. I'm paying eight bucks for one of those guys uh, or I'm in a three wide receiver league. I'm paying 16 bucks for two of those guys. They're so cheap that it, it really just scales automatically. Okay scales pretty well so that takes us to number two uh get a wide receiver one or an rb2 for 25 to 35 dollars now that seems like you're automatically chopping off a lot of guys off the top that should be 35 to 40 dollars oh okay 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 you've you've modified this since last year i was gonna say that cuts you out of a lot of guys yeah you're getting a rb2 for 25 dollars that's crazy uh, yeah, you, but 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 there is a top 12 wide receiver who will fall to that, and a lot of times $40 is enough to get a back-end RB2, round out your team. Yeah, I'm looking at this right now, and it's in in the $35 to $40 range, you've got uh, Adam Thielen, Juju, Chris Godwin. Uh, oh, no, sorry, Adam Thielen and Juju, and then um, you've got Aaron Jones in running back. So that, that does kind of narrow you in with that small range, but, um, but you can get a guy there that you'd be happy with, I think. So... Um, you call this a so quick quick question, Evan. In, that's in your, right where and that's right where the uh, they start to drop off the, the interest uh, uh, wanes. People are you know climbing over each other to bid on Juju this year, so one of them is going to dip into a value. Okay, and so in, in the barbecue strategy itself, you say that you for in this number two that you want to get a premium side like bacon potato salad or chipotle lime pasta salad. Chipotle lime pasta salad is completely new to me. You gotta explain that one to me. Is that one you make or you find it at a specialty store or what's going on there? Specialty store. Ah. I like barbecue. Yeah. Or you can make it. I like making it, but that doesn't really fit the budgeting metaphor. So just assume it's all at the store. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So, well, you know me. I like everything to have citrus and kick. So I'm always like combining spice with uh, citrus. Yeah. Can't go wrong with chili lime. So, um. So get a your third piece is get an RB three for fifteen to twenty dollars. So you're prioritizing, and we'll get into twenty. Wow, it should be twenty five. Okay, so Evan's got to go in and edit his barbecue strategy. (laughs) You know, well, it feels well. Yeah, I'm on the I'm on the yeah. Clearly, there's two different sets of values here. Yeah, what's 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 true is the one you're saying is usually what it goes for. Usually, one falls between fifteen to twenty. But I'm saying don't count on that because. doesn't happen often enough be willing to just reach to 25 for a guy you like yeah and uh maybe evan can go in and, and update it and republish it like a certain yes. editor have, of his has been begging him Send to do me the link <laughs> we have like because well, i update this all the time we make a new post so it's easy to, that one of them slipped through the cracks send me a link and i'll just go in and do that yeah all right so now that we've had a website production meeting on air um who are you liking in this 15 to $20 or I guess whatever your RB three range is, who do you usually end up with as your RB three? Cause running backs are really important right now. That's, that's what I've been working on um, all day today is as our uh, running back backfield primer Patreon post for tomorrow. So I got running backs on the brain. Who are you getting in this running back three range? Well, these guys are starting to heat up, so don't count on it too much, but in the past, they've they've been rising. I'm still getting them for 25 around there. But Fournette, I feel is fine as your flex running back. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, uh, maybe Chris Carson. Although you gotta work in the beginning of the season because his value is gonna fall off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, Kareem Hunt, who's going for way less than 25. Uh, David Johnson, even Melvin Gordon. As much okay. as I don't like him for $25, you know, he'll fill a hole. You'll like him $25. Yeah, we're but. not trying to put in our second running back here. We're trying to put the guy who puts puts in the work to be a good flex most of the time and maybe gets replaced when somebody else has a huge opportunity those weeks. Okay, so uh, we'll lead. Evan said Fournette, Bell. Or did you say Bell, Evan? Yes. He did say Bell. Yeah, okay. Fournette, Bell, Chris Carson, Melvin Gordon, David Johnson, Kareem Hunt. Who are you looking at in that range for that? Like, if, if I could say one of these guys on your roster, give me 25 bucks. Who are you looking for there? If I had to, oh, I got, I think I'm going Melvin Gordon there just because Carson's got the injury concerns. Bell has the last two years and plus still being on the Jets, hard to trust. Fournette's going to, I mean, he was healthy last year, but that's the only year he's been healthy. Melvin Gordon, like the only reason he wasn't at his best was because of, you know, uh, the holdout, the holdout. There we go. Okay. Evan. Oh, sorry. 
Oh yeah, so Melvin Gordon, I think, is for sure the be- the top, the cream of that crop. Okay, and Evan, who is your preferred guy out of that group? The guy who goes for twenty five or less. So any of them. That's the beauty. Yeah, as long as there's a couple more left in that tier, I go up to twenty five, and if somebody wants some more, go for it. Now, okay. if there's two left, that's when I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go up to thirty for this. I don't want to get stuck with that last guy in the tier that everybody wants and gets bit up way too far. Yeah. See, who, I want. Who do you want... preferred though? If you had to get, if you had to pick one of all of those, who's the guy? They're you want all to going for twenty five. Yeah. Uh, I. It's hard for me to not say Kareem Hunt. Probably Fournette, I guess. Yeah. See, so that that's the auction beauty of auction in action is I will pay a few, probably a few couple bucks more than Evan would for Kareem Hunt, but I would not pay so much for Leonard Fournette as Evan would. So. Uh, we'll lead Evan and I could all walk away happy having spent yeah. $25 on a running back. Uh, if Evan gets Frenette, we'll lead gets Melvin Gordon. I get cream hunt. We're all happy. But we that's get the, the guy that we want him the most. Yeah. Well, that's the beauty when you get past like the 15 to 25th overall ranked players is with, with the top 15 or 20, all it takes is one other person to be in love with the person. And you're going to go back and forth with each other, bidding him way up. But none of us has fallen in love with Leonard Fournette or Le'Veon Bell to the point that I'm going to bid so high, then you're going to bid high. That's the, that's the good thing about auction. Yeah, people can walk away with guys that fill out their team quite nicely. Yeah, and we'll 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 uh, we'll uh, speed this up. We don't want to give everything away in the barbecue strategy. But this step number four, Evan, I think this is the linchpin of the barbecue strategy, if I'm being completely honest with you. It's it's the engine that makes everything else go, like we say about our patrons. Wait for wide receiver two to go for an insane discount. And that is, you often hear, let the draft come to you. Evan's like, oh, yeah, I picked up, uh, you know, Calvin Ridley for four dollars. Like, what? <laughs> you know, or I picked up Brandon Cooks for two bucks. It's like, how did that happen? And Evan, you say that that's more happens more often than you would think. Right. And you just got to be the beneficiary of that. I've done 31 auctions, all of them with at least eight humans, most with all humans, and a wide receiver to someone ranked between 13th and, say, 30th has gone for less than half of their stated value every single time, 31 out of 31 times. So you want to be you, you, scooping up that guy is the key to the barbecue strategy. Because yeah, when you think about opinion. it, most people fill out their wide receiver two with a pick from round four to say latest round eight. You mm-hmm. know, but if you're paying five or ten bucks, that's like a double-digit round pick to fill out your team. They don't usually, for whatever reason, they don't usually. Well, I know the reason. They don't usually fall <laughs> in snake drafts to tenth because people are looking. They're like, well, the best guy here is that is I guess this this wide receiver two candidate. But an auction, you're like. Meh, I'll just save my money for another guy I like. You can have, you know, the DK Metcalfs and Tyler Lockett's of the world. No one gets super excited about them because they just come in every week and get you eight points. Maybe a touchdown. Yeah, and that's kind of the difference between auctions and, and snake drafts, where when you draft in a snake draft, what you're trying to do is get a guy as late as possible. That's what a snake draft comes down to, is... Then I, if I want this guy on my roster, I have to pick him at the last slot that I think that somebody else won't pick him at. And somebody else can foul that whole thing up if they pick a guy two rounds ahead of time. But with auctions, every player is right in front of you and you can make a decision on that player right then and there about the price. You don't you never get sniped in an auction. Right. Nope. You only get bit up by someone else who saw the same upside you did. And yeah. you can kind of expect that to happen, you know? Yeah. So with the wide receiver twos, what Evan's saying is that eventually one of these guys, you'll be the only one in on it. So it'll be the equivalent of if you've ever been in a snake draft and you're like, all right, uh, it's round six. Do I want player X or player Y? And then you take player X and then it's round nine player Y still there like beautiful I'll take both and I'm happy that's the equivalent of what Evan's talking about with his wide receiver two strategy and we use that extra capital to go big on those top three running backs top wide receiver you know Mm -hmm. it may sound weird you spend 115 on your top two players and then you get like the 35 dollar running back and the 25 dollar running back we're already up to 175 we only have 25 dollars left we don't have a tight end or a wide receiver two or a quarterback but then we get that wide receiver two for five to ten and all of a sudden we're sitting on 20 for just the two cheapest places plus a plus a bench yeah it's the equivalent of punting 
in in just taking your tight end and your quarterback late. So um, we'll skip going. I mean, we kind of outlined five and six there. Cheap tight end, cheap quarterback probably is the big part of this, unless you've gotten some guys at value. So are you investing in the tight end middle class in this at all? Or are you going big or small? Like, is it studs and scrubs for your tight end strategy? Or will you spend money on a Hunter Henry for like $7? No, just like in, in snake draft, if I'm not getting one of the top three people, let me just get some lottery tickets at the end. Someone's going to stumble into a top 12 finish. Yeah. So, okay. So that that's that's pretty much the barbecue strategy. There's a few odds and ends extra that I left off, so people can go check it out. There will be a link to it in the description of this episode. And so let's turn now to your auction values, Evan. And um, I have first question off the bat on your auction value. It's more of a statement, and I want you to explain this to everybody. Lamar Jackson, top quarterback, $13. Lamar Jackson, top quarterback, pretty much everywhere else is going for much more than that. Let me see what it's been updated to on Yahoo. Uh, he's going for $41 on Yahoo. So why don't you <laughs> – basically what you're saying is don't draft Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. But why don't you go into some detail about uh, about that um, that price point? Yeah, well, it's just like in snake drafts where somebody grabs a quarterback in the second round. And it's like, well, you could have had a top 12 running back. You could have had top six wide receiver, you know, and in auction, when you have that capital, especially late, you can have so much more. You can have the top 12 running back that falls, plus have eight bucks left over for a wide receiver, too, plus have a few bucks over to win a bid for, you know, some other guy, a quarterback you like. Uh, yeah, it's just too much capital. So and and. By the, by the back end of the 12, top 12 quarterbacks, that, that's like the wide receiver twos where people just aren't interested. No one's getting in a bidding war over Aaron Rodgers this year. So if you miss out on, on one of the top guys, you can just get him for five bucks or, or usually fewer. Yeah. So um, so, yeah, that's kind of the uh, the big thing. If somebody looks at your auction values, they'll the first guy they see is Lamar Jackson for thirteen dollars. But there is a rhyme and a reason to it. And once you get past. Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, your prices aren't that out of line with everywhere else. Dak Prescott, 10 bucks. Yahoo, it's 13. Kyler Murray, 9 bucks. Yahoo, it's 13. So it's one of those things where basically, if you want to build a good team, don't go after the shiny quarterback. What um what quarterbacks are you finding yourself getting with this barbecue strategy with these price with these price decisions? Quarterbacks are heating up. Uh the top six quarterbacks have been heating up here. Um, so, like, my top six quarterbacks are Wilson, Watson, Murray, Prescott, Mahomes, and Jackson. And they're all going for uh, mid, thir let's say, $13 or more, which is more than I'm willing to pay. So, lately, I've been having to focus. Even Josh Allen went for 11 in my most two recent mocktions. Wow. Uh, I've been having to go for Matt Ryan or Matthew Stafford. They've been falling for $5 or fewer. Those are my go-tos right now. Okay. I'm hoping that I can add one or two more because I don't like that, having so few options for a quarterback to fall. Maybe uh, I'll get some faith in Drew Brees or something. Okay. But, yeah, those two are the ones where I'm like, okay, you're always going for under five bucks. Just basically whoever falls to you. you, you is there is, is how you do it. So, okay. So, um Waleed, do you have any questions for Evan about his uh, his auction stuff that he's talked about so far? Anything that you would want more opinions on? Any ideas? No, the one thing I was saying is I looked, I went on Fantasy Pros, like Lamar Jackson, $29, Mahomes, $25. You could see what you were saying before the top end. The thing that I'm trying to get over is the fact that Aaron Rodgers, uh, just how the mighty have fallen. What's he on Fantasy Pros? $6. Woo! And Evan wouldn't even get him for that price. Evan has him for two bucks in his yeah. auction values. He's he's going for. It seems like he's going for either one, or there happen to be two group, people from Green Bay in the auction, and he goes for like twelve. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Honestly, at that price, Aaron Rodgers is a guy I think I'm loving in that mid range. Because I agree with you. Um, I, I think we're getting to our drafts later, but uh, with this one. This is a strategy I had is I'm not going to take a quarterback for over $10 because 
why would I when I can stream, I can get good value and not spend any money to get great production. Yeah, let's throw Aaron Rodgers in that Stafford Ryan pile. So I feel a little better, have a little more buffer. Mark him up a buck or two. Yeah. Okay. So here's my big question on this since we're talking quarterbacks. And this is the auction we're going to talk about from last year was a two quarterback auction, two quarterback league. I think it was actually a super flex league. How are we adjusting for a two quarterback league? Do we double our quarterback values? Do we eschew that second uh, high end RB two for another quarterback? How, how, how would you address two quarterbacks leagues with your values? We had a good back and forth with one of our, listeners on twitter and you you know how it is and even snake drafts throwing in that second quarterback rockets the scarcity into the stratosphere mm-hmm. where now it's viable viable to take a quarterback in the first round even so you definitely don't want to just make a linear adjustment to your quarterbacks because now your top quarterbacks are like the top five running backs where Everyone's going to get a bidding war over them, and if you want them, you're going to have to be prepared to spend, you know, wide receiver one money for it. So where is that money going to come from? Uh, generally, it's going to come from sacrificing uh, – take that $130 for your top two players, knock it down to 110 there you just freed up $20 more for your quarterback budget. Uh, go for the back end of wide receiver twos. So instead of paying 10 to 15, you're paying five. That's another five to 10. You want to get up there to about 30 to $40 more for your quarterback budget to, and while I'm saying this, I'm looking at my auction from last year and I did a real bad job. Oh my gosh. But yeah, you want to free up. You want <laughs> oh, free I remember up. that. <laughs> was that the, who was, who did you, uh, was it the luck? You've been I, I, for luck? A couple of people were late to the auction, so I threw out luck thinking the, the bot would bid more oh, than $1. Yeah. <laughs> and I ended up, the bots had been adjusted like that day. And so my auction intel was shockingly out of date, which never happens. So yeah, I ended up with Andrew Luck for a dollar. But that, yeah, was, was, that, was, yeah, this, that was just funny, though. I enjoyed that. I'll pay a dollar for something to get burned in a funny way. Yeah, this was like two days after Luck retired, I think. Um, yeah. Evan was like, "Watch this! I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick somebody with with Andrew Luck," and then yeah, the joke was on, <laughs> yeah, then the joke was on him because he stuck himself with Andrew Luck. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would pay somebody to take him just to have the roster spot. Okay, so yeah, you were begging somebody in the auction to trade Andrew Luck for. <laughs> well, it's especially spot. fierce because you got to limit, you got to limit. You got to put a hard limit on the number of quarterbacks in Superflex, otherwise someone will hoard them. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I think we had a limit of four. So now I've got three quarterback slots left to put two quarterbacks into, and I'm like, oh my god, that changes everything. Yeah. So okay. So Evan, um, my last question about um, your auction strategies, since you're the auction guy, is price enforcing. So a guy going for less than you think he should be going. What's your philosophy on that? Never. Never yep. price enforce. There's 12 people or 10 people or 14 people mm-hmm. at the table. You're not going to be the only one who gets a ridiculous steal. You know, that's I'd much rather have one person save 10 bucks than have myself lose out on 10 bucks that I spent bidding someone up. You know, when it's my capital, it's, you know, nine times or 11 times or 13 times more important, depending on the number of people at the table. So I never price enforce. I just say, good job. Wish I would seen that happen you got you got the present i'm so, with happen on that too except for one thing i will price and force if it's a guy that i would like that i think is going too low that well I, that's just bidding on a guy you want then yeah yeah that's just good old-fashioned bidding war well yeah. there are guys that i like but i don't love but when i see the price is low enough i'll i'll like them a lot more yeah I and i bet you a lot of them are wide receiver twos that's how yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how it goes yeah, so I, I initially was always a price enforcer in auctions. And if you're in my Sacramento Boys auction, listen up. This is some valid information for you. Um, and actually, Evan, I take it back. I have one more question for you after this. But I started to look at it like you're at a poker game, okay? You're, you fold your hands pre-flop. You're playing Texas Hold'em. Fold your hands pre-flop. If there's a big hand, you're not going to get mad at the people who have the big hand because they ended up winning big. 
you're worried about what's in the stack in front of you. You're not worried about everybody else's stack. And that's kind of how I see it with these auction things. It's like, like Evan, like you said, somebody else can get value. I'm worried about my team in front of me. I'm worried about my stack of chips in front of me. I'm not worried about what other people are doing. You know, let, let the noise happen around me. I'm worried about what I have in front of me. And to be fair, price enforcement is a decent strategy and it works most of the time. But I don't like strategies that work most of the time and then screw me one out of every 10 times. One strategy that always works all the time is me keeping my money for the things I want. As yeah, it turns out I get the things I want. Yeah, it's sort of like everybody in the um, in the world right now is undefeated in Russian roulette. You're undefeated till you're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, I paid twenty five dollars for a guy I don't want, and I don't have that roster spot. That's that can derail an otherwise solid auction. Yeah, I kind of feel like there's got to be one guy who's lost at Russian roulette who's still around. And the gun <laughs> jammed or something. Yeah. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I guess you're right, and um. So I forgot what my second question was going to be. So I'm sorry. No, the it's Deer okay. Hunter is my wife's favorite movie. There you go. So, uh, Willie, do you got any more questions for our auction expert while we're doing the all about auction? Well, I'll just throw it out there. Uh, what are your thoughts on the general consensus? I think is you don't spend more than a dollar on a kicker or a defense. So I would say, what are your thoughts on that in regards to the uh, auctions and to the I think Jeff was the one who pointed out how ridiculous the defenses that were going for more than a dollar last year were and how they finished middle of the pack. Mm -hmm. And if you just yeah. look at it from year to year, it's too fluctuating. The one thing I will do, though, is I'll bid up to three on Justin Tucker because it's worth the extra two bucks for me to not have to waste that time every Saturday night trying to sit around thinking about kickers. It's worth it. It's worth the extra money to you yeah. to the back. You'll get a guy for $1 instead of two at the back end of your roster or whatever to ensure you have Justin Tucker. Yeah. I'm like, look, dude, it's it's two bucks. Who cares? I'm not going to nail somebody to the wall because I spent an extra 1% of their draft capital getting somebody they really wanted. Yeah. So will that be true for uh, defenses too, or do you generally just stick at a dollar? Yeah, I generally just stick at a dollar. But if somebody goes for two on the table, I'm not making fun of them. I'm going, okay, that was such a small bit of investment to get somebody you wanted. I don't mind it. I see so, it as rules in like in like the commandments of auction. Don't bid too, friend. I'm like, who cares? It's a dollar. Get your guys. Sure. Or if you don't like the guys like me, just pay a dollar. Okay. So, Evan, I remembered what my last question was going to be, which is how do you draft when everybody knows what your va your auction values are going to be? How do you yeah. do that? If somebody's last, sniping you. Last year in my 14-team big money league, uh, at least eight people had printed out my public auction values, and we're just sitting there with them. Uh, uh, first of all, you just have to do the same thing. You have to go in and get the two guys you wanted. I was already planning to overbid for my top two guys. Uh, instead of bidding 65 for Christian McCaffrey, I think I went to 74 for Christian McCaffrey. And then, hey, I got Christian McCaffrey. I was still happy. You know, uh, the flexibility of my list was what I think people didn't account for. I think they saw he has Christian McCaffrey listed as 65, so he'll pass after 65. I'm like, I'm not a robot. I can adjust based on the fact that I see everyone here is going to bid me up on everybody. So I got my two big guys. It was uh, it was Adams on Green Bay and McCaffrey. And then I'm like, look, if you all are going to bid me up on my receiver twos, you're all going to lose because that's where the money is. So go ahead and do that. We will all be in the same boat. And sure enough, uh, I got uh, – Alan Robinson for like six bucks because people were like, just they cared more about keeping their money than they did about making me pay an extra five bucks for a guy we thought was going to be a wide receiver three. So it all worked out and I won. I won the league just because I went out there and I already assumed I was going to overbid for the big guys. And people can't price enforce in Mass A after a certain point. Everyone starts running out of money. Everyone starts doubting what they're even doing. Yeah. And, and I think that's the big lesson there is that's the beauty of auction. Get your guy. Don't don't set yourself like if, if you think a guy is going to be a star and he's going to be the best player in the league. Why would you not spend an extra five dollars for him? That's just stupid. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's you know, you got to think about um, prices kind of like the Pirates Code and Pirates of the Caribbean. It's more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Go yeah. go above it if you want to get your guy. So. All right. I think that that puts. Evan off the the spot for now um, for the auction rules 
values, all that stuff. That's all going to be in the episode description. We're going to take a look back on an auction draft that we did last year and we actually played out. Um, remind me, guys, who won this league? Uh, I can't remember. I think it was me. I crushed the lead. I told him I was going to beat him with Andy Dalton. And that's precisely what I did. So we're going to take a look back at the auction. This was a a, uh, a two-quarterback league. Second place got the really nice uh, Andy Dalton participation trophy doll. So yes, I it was, feel like I won, too. It was the best piece of trash talk I've ever done as I quietly uh, mailed Waleed a McFarlane uh, Andy Dalton statue. <laughs> it, it, it really was. It was fantastic. Yeah, so this one uh, was a super flex league. Uh, it also had another flex spot, and it was two wide receiver, two running back. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. You guys should be embarrassed that I won this league. Uh, I spent $61 on David Johnson. I spent $42 on Mike Evans. And I spent $31 on Carryon Johnson. None of these guys were on my final roster. None of them. So, honestly, you guys should be embarrassed and saddened and 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 should never show your face again. Yeah, how did you win? I see. Traded, right? I can tell you guys exactly why I won. It was the best $8 I've ever spent. Oh, yeah. No, I can see it, too. Lamar Jackson. But still, you got Lamar Jackson for 8 bucks. Great move. Every other player kind of sucks. Yeah. Keenan Allen for 30 that's fair market value. But even... Everyone that else is for three dollars solid, but that wasn't really only that was only good for you in like the second half of the year. Well, and then it's I I went into the auction saying I'm gonna get Lamar Jackson and a couple cheap quarterbacks. I got Matt Stafford for two bucks and Sam Darnold for a dollar in a super flex league. So that eleven dollars really went far. And then basically I spent all year picking up every quarterback with a pulse after Sam Sam uh after well after Sam Darnold got mono. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Stafford broke his back. I ended up with Lamar Jackson, Eli, and Andy Dalton, yep. um, which aren't good quarterbacks outside of Lamar, but it was enough to get me the the title. Um, but you can see here, you can't win. You, you They say you can't win your league at the draft, but you can certainly lose it. This is proof positive. You can't even do that. Because if yeah. you could lose your league at the draft, I would have lost. No, so, that's, that's an excellent point. On the flip the side, heck? my draft was... I think my my draft was awesome. It was a work of art as far as I'm concerned. I had a very specific strategy, and my players, for the most part, were pretty good. Like, there were some misses, but there weren't as many misses as there probably should have been. So why don't you run down some of your guys? Like, uh, who are your two highest-priced guys? My two highest-priced guys were Joe Mixon and Zeke Elliott. Uh, How much did you spend combined on them? $88. What? Evan, how did you let this happen? Why weren't you price enforcing? And I'm just shocked at how this. What the? Like my team made the playoffs. I'm looking at it. And it's horrible. Jeff's team won the whole thing, and I'm looking at it. It's garbage. I don't. Waleed's team is very balanced and got yeah. a lot of value. Well, he went to the finals, so never mind. That makes sense, actually. Yeah. What the heck? And that was that was my goal was balance because uh, I mean I want to see like. 56 for Zeke was really cheap, but I think that was also one of the first things. I don't know if it was one of the first picks we made or the or if it was when people started not wanting to put too much money into it. Zeke was the 10th pick off the board. He went for the same amount as Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. And I think that was it. I just but Zeke was the guy I wanted. So I'm like like we said. You get that your top two players that you definitely want. Make sure you get them. That was Mixon. That was Zeke. I mean, I would have been flexible with other players, but with the prices I was getting, I targeted them. I went hard, and then from that point, I was really just going value everywhere. Yeah, and I spent sixty-one dollars on David Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, David Johnson was the fifth priciest player off the board last year behind Barkley for 67, 66 for CMC, 65 for Kamara and 62 for DeAndre Hopkins. So you can see, like, I'm just going to keep saying the trope that you can lose your, your league at the draft. You can't, I won the league with this roster. And I mean, it gets worse after Keenan Allen. I got Curtis Samuel, Daryl Henderson, Shady McCoy, Delaney Walker, 
Justice Hill, Ido Smith, Marquise Goodwin, James Washington. I took a bunch of swings on these guys that ended up on the waiver wire. But um, stay fluid. Don't give up on your team. I picked up A.J. Brown. I picked up Devontae Parker. I picked up Debo Samuel. I picked up Rashad Perriman at the end of the year. And I think all of those roster moves are why I was able to trash-talkingly send Waleed a trophy when I was starting Mike Boone and Devin Singletary in my running back slots at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the flip side of that, uh, if you're, uh, my draft shows you what patience can do because like Mark Ingram for $14, Kenny Galladay for $11, DJ Moore for $5, Kelvin Ridley for $7. Those were extraordinary values for the production they got. When you have guys that you like that you think, will go in that second, third tier, spreading it out. And if enough of them hit, you'll have a really good team. Mm-hmm. So, you, Evan, Evan, who were oh. your, your highest price guys? Who did you really go after last year, and how did that end up working out for you? I jumped in, and within the first six picks, I had Nick Chubb for 52 and Alvin Kamara for 65. Wow, okay. So then so, – oh, go for it. I was going to say – so I was going to – say that i thought you would then lay off a little bit but then you jump back right back in with tyree kill for 42 bucks yeah that was the big mistake I, I don't even remember doing this but i can see exactly what i did i needed since i spent 117 dollars that's closer to 130 than it is to 100 and you can see wally got top two guys for under 100 so i needed to hold off and and pick up some right running back threes for 25 bucks grab a couple of wide receiver twos for five to 15 bucks but then tyree hill went for a steal and i couldn't resist and it made my whole t- – and then I was sitting on 30 bucks with 10 slots to fill and no quarterbacks in the two-quarterback league. Yeah. Well, luckily you were able to pick up Andrew Luck for a dollar, so that really helped yeah, you out there. Yeah, really <laughs> helped. Well, I mean, technically it did – your dollar per slot did go up there. <laughs> you spent a dollar and burned a slot. So your that's, dollar how ma- slot. that's totally how math works. Yep. They can't dispute it. So, um, so yeah, how did um, – this was another one where you had to kind of stay fluid. Were you able to stick to the barbecue strategy looking back at it, or did no, Tyree Kill, Kill kind of blow it. it up? It blew it up? Ruined it. I didn't have the capital to round out my team with some great running backs, okay. some great running back threes, some some every week five to ten points, maybe a touchdown kind of guys. I didn't have money to get a second quarterback that was any good. And that's so, actually kind of why usually I'm a big fan of the barbecue strategy, but when I'm trying to get my top two players – uh, even though I didn't do it on this draft, I tend to like to go one running back, one wide receiver, so I don't feel like I'm going to panic. But Joe Mixon went for such a good price after I'd already gotten a good price on Zeke that I couldn't resist. When did you get Joe Mixon? Yeah, and see, you didn't panic. You waited till 30. He was 38th. You waited. You got 37 other guys had gone, and you were still yeah. waiting for a running back, too. But you're like, there's guys on the board. I'll just chill out here. Mm-hmm. I have David Montgomery in a pinch. Yeah, I was going to say, we went after David Montgomery, which... Yeah, uh, that was just homerism. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see, hold hey, on. I like Montgomery, but I saw you knew that I'd pay for him, so I think you all bid him up for me. Yep, and let's see here, $3 for Anthony Miller to a lead. Uh, I stand by that. He was great in the last quarter of the year. Alan Robinson went for 12 bucks. That's barbecue strategy in action right there. Yeah. I got wow. Galladay for 11 the one thing I really regret was falling in love with O.J. Howard, even though I knew Arians hates tight ends. Arians doesn't hate tight ends. That's a trope. I will fight you to the death, Waleed. I'd love some proof on that because I've never seen a good tight end in his offense. He's never. I would like you guys, like you guys to vamp while I pull this up. Hold on. <laughs> I, uh, I'm really wondering how. Boy, that shows you. You got to be fluid and you got to learn to be patient. If you spend yeah. all your money, if you spend close to 130 in your top two guys, you you need to back away from the keyboard. Don't even have the mouse anywhere near your hand because just one click of the mouse and boom, my team got blown up. Now to be clear, I still made the playoffs, but yeah, uh, I didn't get the I didn't do the strategy that I've been espousing and doing in every single auction. Okay, okay well, these are one on the waiver wire. Okay, Waleed, I'm going to list Bruce Arians' tight ends, and you tell me which one of these guys should have gotten more targets, okay? Okay. OJ Santiago, Aaron Shea, Mark Campbell, Steve Hyden, Darnell Sanders, Jim Dre, Rob Hausler, Darren Fells, Jermaine Gresham, Troy Nicholas, Kobe Fleener. And then you've got guys, he had two decent tight ends, Heath Miller and Dwayne Allen, who both got targets. 
And then last year, the Buccaneers were top 10, or actually they were number 10 in both tight end targets. The problem was they had Cam Brate and O.J. Howard. So it wasn't a Bruce Arians problem. It was a Cam Brate problem, which is the same problem that O.J. Howard has had his whole career. So yeah. Please stop telling me that my that Bruce Arians hates tight ends because that's not true. Well, that's not true. What I will say is I don't want a tight end in a Bruce Arians offense until I can I can see him end up as a top five tight end. That's the stance I'm going to be taking in the future until I'm proven wrong because I don't trust it. All right, that's fair enough. You cannot trust it, but you can just Bruce Arians has never had good tight ends. And when he had good tight ends, yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that one. I, I do understand that was part of the issue, but also I, I kind of feel like part of it's just the, the system of offense that he runs doesn't favor, but you say type, you said top 10 targets. So maybe I'm wrong on this. I mean, probably am since you have a number in front of you and I don't, I have my feelings. <laughs> Facts don't care about your feelings. will lead. When it's the middle of the auction or just before, and me and a couple other people are hoarding money. I just want to get as much out of the pool as possible. Rob Gronkowski is a decent nomination. Most of the times I nominate him 70th through 90th player off the board, he goes for 6 to $11. But if he falls past the 100th player, he goes for a buck every time. Yeah, so, so, so that does kind of speak to knowing how much money you have left in the pool when you try to knock money off the board. Because if you wait too long, you're just giving people steals instead of... Because I'll take Gronk for a buck, but I don't want Gronk for $6 anywhere near my squad. Agreed. Yeah, yeah so. it just takes two Gronk fans who have yep. money left, and then it's, it's ridiculous after the race is nonsense. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I posted on Twitter the other day. I said, imagine, quote, unquote, winning Gronk for $4, and that's his average price on Yahoo, and going for less than him, less than the $4 are – um, a whole mess of guys I would rather have than Gronk. Let's see. We got uh, Tyler Higby, Evan Ingram, Austin Hooper, Hayden Hurst, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, Mike Kosicki, Dallas Goddard, Johnny Smith <laughs> are all going for less than $4 where Gronk is going for 4 bucks on average on Yahoo. And I did leave off Jared Cook intentionally. I do not want Jared Cook. So I think that's unless you guys have anything to add about auctions or anything, I think we got this one tied up in a bow. Um, we got it all about auction. Try an auction, everyone. They're super fun. Yeah, what no, auction, auction leagues are my favorite. It's the only, it's it's the true, it's the purest form of fantasy football. I think the only people that don't try auction is because they're too scared that they might like it, and it's too much of a time commitment to do yeah. an auction. Um, so yeah, I think that'll do it for this week's episode of the Football Absurdity Podcast, the 100th episode. Mike, I hope you are having a good vacation right now. Um, real quick, I just want to say, I forgot to say it off the top, our Patreon post for this week, if you are at all interested for joining us, um, it is, I am breaking down every single running back backfield in the NFL. I have them group into eight different groups. I am 22 teams in, and it is currently sitting at a hair under 3,700 words. So you can't say you don't get something of value out of this. This is going to be a meaty document, and it's going to give you a quick primer on every single backfield. And um, I'm grouping them into um, – I'll just read off the groups kind of as a little teaser. So we've got cream of the crop handcuffs. That's the backfield situation. Then secondary handcuffs. Then what I called watch your back which is uh, situations where rookies are going to steal the show. Uh, don't bother with the backups tier. That's teams where, like, for example, the New York Jets. If Le'Veon Bell goes down, do not spend your fab money on Frank Gore. What's wrong with you? And then we've got backfields that are true splits, guys that um, have split roles, like, for example, the Bears with David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen. Then we have backfields that are currently a toss-up right now. There's only three of those, which is kind of shocking. Then we have backfields where if anything goes wrong, it's going to be a huge mess. And then the final tier, which is called... Reggie Bonifon is not Christian McCaffrey. That's what the final tier is. And that's just reserved exclusively for uh, Christian McCaffrey. So if you want to read more about that, it's probably going to end up being around 5,000 words. It's going to come into the inbox tomorrow uh, for our Patreon patrons. Go ahead and sign up. Patreon.com slash football absurdity. Three bucks a month. You'll get that. Um, every other week, you'll be getting a podcast in the offseason. In weeks where you don't get a podcast, you get something like this. I looked at uh, running back touchdown regression last week. I've done a piece on quarterback luck. There's a lot of stuff going on there in the Patreon. So, for Waleed, for Evan, thanks for listening, everybody. And for 
100 episodes. Thank you for giving us your time. Take care and have a good one. Thank you and good night. Going once, going twice, sold. <laughs>